The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Learn to quiet the noise of the ego and connect to the truth of your soul. Join former monk and host of the Practicing Human podcast, Corey Mascara, for Living in Alignment, a weekend workshop live stream, live from Omega Institute's campus in Rhinebeck, New York, June 28th through 30th. Rebuild your life from a place of embodied listening and quiet knowing. To learn more and register for this live stream, go to eomega.org thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Mind Body Pause with Charlie Kale. Holistic living for you and your animals. You found your happy place to nurture your connection to animals with enlightening information from the innovators who make their world a better place. This is Mind Body Pause on Empower Radio. Now, here's your host, fellow animal lover, Charlie Kale. Welcome to Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. Thanks for being here. This is show number 29, part two of a two part chat about communication with all life and energy healing for animals with Joan Ranquette. I'm Charlie Kale, a passionate dog and cat mom, broadcaster, and Reiki master and practitioner in San Francisco at Energy Healing for People and Pause. I do distant healings for humans or animals over the phone or Skype, as well as in person appointments because energy transcends space and time. Find out more at charliekale.com. This is your safe place to honor animals, where we'll nurture our connection to them mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and metaphysically. My guest, I've introduced once and she's back for part two. I got to have her hang on and she is just such a pioneer in animal communication and energy healing. And as I said before, she's one of my heroines and I'm thrilled to get to talk to her. Joan is an animal communicator, TEDx speaker, educator, and Hay House author who has worked with hundreds of thousands of pet owners, trainers, barn managers, and vets. In 2009, she founded her own university, See. WALU, Communication with All Life University for Animal Communicators and Energy Healers. You've seen her on TV, on Dateline NBC, The Today Show, Good Morning America, Animal Planet, and so many more. She lives in Southern California with her horses, dogs, cats, donates her time toward animal rescues, rescue missions, therapeutic riding centers, and raising funds for organizations that aid natural disasters and endangered species. Thank you for coming back, Joan Ranquette. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> <laughs> so one more time, your books are amazing. Communication with All Life was your first book, then Energy Healing for Animals, your second book, which is going back into production. So as we talked about last time, they're changing the cover on it, but it's the still still the same fantastic energy healing information in there that I think is really great for anybody just trying to fi- figure out what it is for humans as well as for animals. One of the things that you're so well known for, and the reason I even first met you, which is like, gosh, I don't even know, 10, 12, more than that years ago, is your animal animal communication skills. 
you yeah. teach that online in, in workshops at your university all over the world. Can you just kind of uh, tell everybody why you say that you don't have to be born with it? It's something everyone can do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, this is we were born. We're always doing telepathy. And, and I make it sound like it's some sort of an action verb, like we're doing something. We're actually always broadcasting, if you will, picking up on and sending out different feelings or words or thoughts. So we're doing it whether we're aware of it or not. When you first came into the planet, you were that's how you communicated with your parents or your caregiver was through telepathy, the transference of pictures, words, and feelings. So it's not... Um, I liken it to learning French. Some people are going to be fluent more quickly, but anybody can learn it. So, and as I said, it's something we naturally did from the very beginning. True. It's, it's something animals do. They can speak all the languages that they need to. We're the ones that are having a hard time figuring out their language. I mean, it's not their fault. <laughs> It's exactly. Our fault. <laughs> yeah, um, we have to slow down. It, exactly. And this is something they're constantly teaching me. I'm a human yeah. being, not a human doing. So, be. Don't always try and think I have to do because then I miss the being part. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think, you know, many of us are guilty of that. Well, it is a fine line because yeah. you're, you think you have to do, to do things, but then you don't get the inspiration for them until you just stop and be in the moment and be present. Absolutely. So Absolutely. you have created an amazing life for yourself. I know you worked hard for it and I know you're still working hard for it, but oh my gosh, the trips you go on, the trips you take uh, people on, um, what are they called? Eco tours? Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're eco tours. I did about eight years of dolphin trips. You never got to come on a dolphin trip. No. And then it sort of just morphed into doing more of the, like, uh, started with the white lions and I'm going back there again in November, um, in South Africa. And then I did, um, uh, I've taken people to Borneo. I've taken people to Kenya. I've taken people to, yeah, a few places, Namibia, South Africa, Botswana. And what do they learn? So, um, Basically, you know, I, I mean, it's not just communing. To me, it's like being out there and communing with wildlife and nature. And it's also looking at the whole ecosystem. But it's also, you know, it's like when we look at the planet going away in the way that it is in terms of like there's just not as much space for wildlife and there's all sorts of human-wildlife conflict, we still have to be really compassionate for the people in the situations that they're in. So to me, I feel like it's really a well-rounded thing. It's not just being on this energetic level and connecting with animals, but it's also having a real open eye for what the human is going through that 
might be part of the, the conflict and then really creating a bridge between um, for the humans to have a, a, for us to learn from them and not be, you know, so arrogant and <laughs> for them to learn from us about how to be better, um, um, I guess, stewards of the planet and these beautiful animals. Yeah, oh, they're because they are amazing, and humans can be so horrendous and cruel. It's it's unfathomable. Um, I heard you call yourself a Dorka and a Dippy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, what is that? An Orca Dork and a Dolphin Hippie? Yep. I'm a Dorka and a Dippy for sure. I love it. Mm. I I would be too if I could go swim with them. The uh, oh my gosh, marine life are amazing animals. They're so smart, and they communicate so quickly and amazingly. And there's so many stories of them saving humans from harm. Yeah, um, and I mean they just read right through you. You know what I mean? Like you, when you're swimming with them, they're just looking right at you. Just like almost like they're looking right through you. Oh wow! That's so must, amazing. You must have come back from those trips just feeling so much lighter and and like almost like you're understood and loved. It's pretty. They're pretty enlightening trips. I just actually got to. Um, I just saw some. Um, the last of the humpbacks in Hawaii is before they head back to. Um, up to Alaska. So that was really fun seeing them. Yeah. So that's the good side and the fun side and the awesome side. But I know there are some horrible things that keep you up at night. And I have several things that keep me up at night. Yep. I know. Um, factory farming, the genocide in the shelters, the Asian meat trade. Um, I know there are more. How do you keep from feeling overwhelmed? Well, from you all- know what? One of the things that I definitely do is I, <clears throat> I work really hard. Like with the factory farming, I, I um, get to hang out at the gentle barn just down the street and I see where animals go that are not part of that anymore. Um, I am, um, you know, uh, largely a vegan. Um, I have some cheats here and there, but I certainly don't have anything in my, I mean, I've even gotten rid of all my leather. I've gotten rid of, um, I was just, I'm getting rid of every feathered blanket. You know, I'm really participating in, um, living in a cruelty free world, cruelty free. Um, so I just have to, It's sort of like, you know, you could look at the planet and go, oh, my God, there's nothing I can do. Or I could recycle all my cans and bottles. And when I am putting that can in that bin, I know I'm part of the energetics of all the other people that with good faith are recycling or are doing something to help the planet. So. Every little thing I do, I'm doing it in good faith that I'm participating in something bigger than me that is helping. And so I think of even like I've trained so many of my my students and the graduates, they have to 
number one. In the old days, it was a requirement that they had to do some sort of a fundraiser, and I'm thinking about bringing that back, although everybody naturally does something. Um, so with the, what I call the genocide in the shelters with how much we euthanize animals, I feel like every single day that I'm out there teaching people how to communicate with animals, EFT, I'm giving people tools that enable animals and humans to have a better relationship. And if animals and humans are having a better relationship, humans are going to make different choices. And certainly most of the things that animals end up in the shelter for are things that were preventable if the animal was understood. So I feel like I'm participating in that giant energetic thing as uh, of helping that. And I'm getting students out into shelters, um, helping them learn how, you know, be able to go into the shelter and, and do EFT. You know, there's all kinds of ways that um, I give back. So that's, that's what I, that's how I balance that. Yeah, because you personally give back, then your teaching creates uh, new people who can give back. So that makes it, you know, grow exponentially. And then just the energy of the intent, intent is so important. So the energy of that intent goes out there and connects with more people who want that to do that as well. And um, so, I mean, there are many layers to how you reach out. Oh, and then the education factor, just bringing awareness because there are so many things people don't realize. They assume, you know, that, oh, the animal was already dead when they got those feathers or, oh, the animal lived a good life and died naturally and then they got the feathers or something like that. But I'd say most of the population does not realize the atrocities that go on. Absolutely. And and so rather than belabor them here, you know, it's just like, how do we then take steps to, like, I remember once one this young girl that works for me, I just, she's actually now interning right now with the White Lions. I absolutely adored this girl. And she's like, hey, I noticed that you buy blah, blah, blah. Um, I found it cheaper at big size. And I said, you know what? One of the things when you grow up is you get to, Maybe spend a little more, but consciously purchase things. You know, I know your age group in your mid-20s is still looking at everything from, like, I'm going to save money this way. My age group, we're looking at, hopefully, certainly my friends, like, <laughs> what is this looking like for, what? how am I voting with my dollars, right? Yes, am I, ethically am sourced. I, yeah, so... And then, and she loved that. Now she's looking at, you know, as a young lady looking at things already in the same way. So it's like really important to be out there spreading that, you know, what is good, what makeup is good, what, you know, what products are good, what grocery stores are not using plastics, what, you know, how do we get going? And the more sensitive I get energetically, the more products affect affect me now. And I'm like, oh, I, why do I feel sick to my stomach being around this or eating that or using that? And then I kind of look at it and I said, oh, it's something I've had for a long time that I bought when I was less aware or I had no clue how this was made. And, you know, and that's just, that's a choice for people if, uh, to, 
you know, if they want to get more energetically aware. But I have noticed yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. And again, I mean, it, it's living in a cruelty-free world is, it's going to take some time, but. It is. You know, we can start participating in it now. One, one little, one little eyeliner at a time. And speaking of products, um, you have co-created a product, a CBD oil, Jill and Joan or Joan and Jill, Jill and Joan. Jill and Joan yeah. CBD oil. <laughs> I won't yeah, tell Jill that I just animals. renamed it. <laughs> yeah, um, la, la, la. <laughs> CBD oil for animals. And the thing I've started using CBD oil for my animals um, and my own joints. And <clears throat> that's something I started learning now that, you know, everybody and his brother is picking it up and, and they, they're going to start carrying it in, in, you know, Walgreens and and places like that. I'm learning that it's not all the same. It's not all ethically sourced and uh, organically grown, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but it's also um, how much, what is the concentration level and does it have THC? Because THC is a neurotoxin for dogs and cats. And so, yeah, you have to really be careful. Oh, yeah. I made absolutely sure there was absolutely no THC in it. Uh, for the animals. None. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, that's not even my thing either for me, but for them, oh, I don't, yeah, it could have none. So that's why also when some people have said to me, well, I've already got some, can I just give it to my dog? And I'd say, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons I love our company is that um, what Jill and I are doing is really educating people about THC and, and you can't help but to learn about kind of animal communication and, and energy when you're, when you're really, you know, to me, CBD is an herbal technology. It's an energetic. And so you're automatically going to be learning a bit about energy and healing when you start to play with the doses and watch um, one thing that is amazing about uh, mammals is we all have receptor sites for within our body for it's called the ECS, the endocannabinoid system. So our system is built to actually take in um, certain amounts. You know, we need CBD to function. And so it starts to calm the system down and you literally can see a behavioral change with your animal companions once you gotten them out of pain or relieved their anxiety. Well, yeah. I mean, that makes so much sense because you see a change in people too. Yeah. You know, when you get a person out of pain or out of anxiety, you see a complete behavioral shift, emotional shift. I mean, they view life differently, so they treat people differently too. So I totally get that with animals. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It is. So um, moving to a different subject, animals mm -hmm. who've crossed the Rainbow Bridge. Um, most of us have 
had many animals, many beloved animals cross over. What do you say to people? What What is one of their most, I know for me, the question I get asked most often is how do I know it's the right time that I let him or her go at the right time and I didn't wait too long or do it too early? You know, I did a TEDx talk on this subject um, and I always say that you're going to be the first person to know and you won't you can call me as an animal communicator. You can call me, but I know you're not going to because you're going to know. And um, I don't think that anybody can. Um, I don't. I, I think that it's a, a co-created relationship, and nobody can wait. Um, everybody dies exactly when they're supposed to. Exactly when they're supposed to, and so you couldn't have waited too long and you know you didn't do it too early it is exactly what it was supposed to be and that the communication still continues yeah absolutely i i, I love that mean aspect that you don't still have massive grief because you miss them in their physical form but they do still still send messages and, and it blows my mind how my one cat, Marco, Marco, the man cat, still communicates with me. I still get little messages from him uh, here and now. And it, it it just, it feels so good inside, even though I miss him dearly, physically. But it, it warms my heart and I still feel him in my heart. So that part is beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so important that... <clears throat> You know, again, it goes down, it goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning as far as just listening, right? The other day I was in Hawaii and um, I did a lot of traveling in my youth with my mom and she's been dead about 15 years now. And I heard this little boy saying, go into that gallery over there. There's something little in there for you. You're going to get yourself a little present. And I went into the gallery and I felt kind of dumb. I thought, wow, my dead mother just sent me into the gallery. <laughs> but uh, sure enough, I found this little Hawaiian flower painting that I just hung up in my room today. Just as a reminder that the dead still send you presents. Oh, they do. And sometimes you don't even have to buy them yourself. <laughs> I, have found, yeah. I have found things in my own house that I know I never moved in here. And um, even though I rent, so yes, it could have been someone from before, but not in the areas it was. And as you know, um, my fiance died about, I don't know, even now, I guess it was five years ago um, because you reached, you reached out to me on Facebook and you were so generous. You connected with my animals and um, helped me calm down and, and them calm down because we were all grieving horribly. Um, and the funny thing is he still sends me stuff. I still find things that I never bought and I never saw while he was alive. Um, and I'm like, how did, my gosh, i just, I just realized one of them was in your book. Holy cow. It just hit me. I was um, this was happened about a year ago. I was reading Energy Healing for Animals Outside, which is where I love to read it out in the sun. 
And I'm flipping through, and it, it kept opening to something, and uh, I opened it, and there was this coin in there that I had never seen, and it was a commemorative coin from something where he used to be in the JCs in a town that I, before I ever knew him. And uh, it was his commemorative JCs coin sitting in Energy Healing for Animals, which was my book that I bought after he died. So it's like, how do you explain how that got in there, you know? And it just hit me now that it was your book. <laughs> That's really funny. And I very distinctly remember meeting him and what a great guy and what fun. So I imagine that even from the dead, he's pretty still pretty funny. Oh, he is. He, he sent me a shower curtain that still wrapped in plastic that I never bought that was sitting out in the middle of a room after I had just walked through it. And I went to get something. I turned around and came back into the room. And there's this shower curtain wrapped in plastic sitting in the middle of the room that none of the dogs dragged out. I mean, I still, to this day, I took pictures of it because I couldn't believe it. I don't know how it got there. Um, I don't recognize it. I haven't opened it yet, but it's really pretty. It's all, um, uh, it's like, you know, underwater blues and, and, and pinks of coral. So he has good taste. <laughs> I was like, Thank you. It just freaks me out. They, so anyone who says they don't still communicate and manifest things, I think the stronger the connection, you help feed their energy so that they can, and then they can manifest amazing things, which in turn tells us we can manifest amazing things because we're all just energy. It's true. <laughs> it's all so, true. We're down to our last minute. What is one last thing you'd like to impress upon everyone? Uh, I think going back to what I was saying about the energetics, that even when it's disheartening and it looks like, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, um, that just doing one good thing with your animals is raising the frequency um, for the planet. And, you know, by live just, by living in joy with your animals, you're helping the planet, and then you can get up and do bigger and better things. I love it. That's the perfect foundation. Just live in joy with your animals. Be in joy with them. Be in their joy and let them be in yours. Thank you, Joan Renquet, author of the books Energy Healing Thank for you. Animals and Communication with All Life. You can find out about her workshops, her online courses, her tours, her speaking engagements, and her university, Communication with All Life University, CWALU. And she's even got a free ebook at joanranquet.com, J O A N R A N Q U E T.com. Thanks so much for hanging out with me on Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. I'm Charlie Kale. Check out my Reiki business, Energy Healing for People and Pause, for in person sessions, distant healing over the phone or on Skype for people or animals at charliekale.com. That's C H A R L Y K A Y L E.com. You can find past shows on there and you can. Also find past shows on my page at Empower Radio. Special thanks to Brent Carey, the founder and CEO of Empower Radio, and Remy Smith, who are both loving and supportive and always have my back. Take care and remember that no matter what's going on with your animals, don't beat yourself up thinking you could have done better because you are doing the best you can. They know it. They chose you anyway, and they love you for it. Mind Body Pause is a guilt-free zone. See you next time.
I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.